podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. No breaks. No breaks. No fear. No fear. The official British Speedway podcast. At the halfway point in the Premiership Grand Final, it's Bellevue who lead by 12 points after an eventful first leg in Manchester with some world-class racing at the National Speedway Stadium. Brilliant speedway now, going up in the inside. This is Speedway out of the top draw. One last blast out of the last corner. Reaction from the National Speedway Stadium to come. We'll hear from the Bellevue Aces captain Brady Kurtz, the man of the moment Robert Lambert, and from Sheffield Justin Sedgman, plus the two team managers Simon Stead and Mark Lemon. In part two, we're joined by an Aces legend, a world speedway legend, three-time world champion Jason Crump gives his verdict on Monday night's events, plus his work with Robert Lambert this year, also Oxford, his thoughts on the next generation of British speedway from his work with the GB youth setup and much more. Plus, we have reaction from Redcar after Poole took a first leg lead into the Knockout Cup final second leg. Danny Ford and Charles Wright on the way later. And from the National League, reaction from Berwick as the Bullets take a very slender three-point lead back to Mildenhall in the playoff semi-finals. All to come on this week's episode of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Lots to get through. Do not miss our chats with Jason Crump in part two of this podcast. It's a good 25 minutes or so with the legend, and we'll be talking about all sorts of stuff, but uh, particularly about the grand final, of course. He was present at that and uh, trackside and certainly well poised to give his thoughts, um, having been in the uh, pit corner of... uh, Robert Lambert for much of this season and, of course, uh, an Aces legend. So, um, yeah, we'll hear what Jason Crump has to say in part two. But first, going to set the scene by hearing from some of those involved on Monday night as Bellevue lead the Premiership Grand Final by 12 points after an eventful first leg in Manchester on Monday night at the National Speedway Stadium. Robert Lambert scoring another stunning 15-point maximum for the Aces in their 51-39 win over Sheffield. Sheffield defended strongly on the night to remain in the hunt ahead of Thursday's return at Olerton. The home side's advantage came at the cost of two riders being withdrawn as reserve Jai Etheridge crashed out in Heat 4 and then Charles Wright suffered concussion when he came to grief in Heat 9. Lambert and the skipper Brady Kurtz, who himself got 10 plus 3 bonus, combined for 5-1s in Heat 13 and 15 for the home side, with Tigers skipper Kyle Howarth and reserve Justin Sedgman replying in Heat 14 in a race where the aces could only track one rider. Tobias Mujalak top scored for the visitors with 8 plus 1, although his night ended with a heavy crash in Heat number 15 when he was looking to split Kurtz and Lambert. Now let's hear from some of those involved now, starting with the man of the moment, currently undefeated so far in his Bellevue career. It's 10 starts and 10 wins for Robert Lambert, speaking with Dave Rowe. Robert Lambert, 12-point lead for Bellevue and another 15-point maximum for yourself. Pretty good night's work. Yeah, it couldn't have gone much better. As, uh, you know, two meetings unbeaten, that was a bit of a struggle. But, um, yeah, we uh, ended with a five-man team, which isn't always good. But, um, yeah, we managed to get 12-point lead and that's better than no-point lead. One big racing highlight, the Heat 11 battle with, with Jack Holder. Talk us through that, that was fairly intense stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, Jack is fast, you know, this track is uh, wide open for everybody. Um, it was a tough one, we had to give everything there. Was, uh, yeah, we needed them points and as many points in front we could get the better and um, that's going to be a tough one come Thursday. Thursday, thoughts on going to Sheffield away, what do you expect? 
Um, you know, we're open-minded, optimistic. Uh, obviously, things start from zero once again for us. Um, so we need to be fighting early on and uh, and hit them hard, and then uh, so they've got no return. Yeah, an impressive start for Robert Lambert, of course, and it'll be interesting to see how he goes at Ollerton on Thursday. And we'll move the spotlight onto Sheffield in a few moments' time. But first of all, let's go down the Bellevue side of the pits and hear from the team captain Brady Kurtz with Ryan Guest. Well, Brady Kurtz, uh, a twelve-point advantage. I think you'd have taken that when you consider the fact you've gone down to, to five riders here tonight. Yeah, for sure. I think before the meeting, I said we would have been happy with ten. So. To have 12 and two riders down, I think that's as good as we possibly could have got. I don't think we could could have asked for too much more. And, uh, yeah, obviously I wish them two all the best. It would be nice if they were both coming with us on Thursday, but I don't think that's that's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, it all comes down to one night now, really. Yeah, and like you say, it does show a great deal of character from, from the other five boys as well, doesn't it, when you've watched two, two of your teammates crash out like that? Yeah, absolutely. We had a couple of very important races at the end there to to claw as many as many points as we could get back. So, uh, yeah, all we can do now is focus on Thursday, and I'm glad we're 12 points up, and not 12 points down. Yeah, you kind of knew what you were going to get from Robert Lambert. Did you expect what he's delivered so far in his two meetings? Uh, I probably didn't expect him to go un- fully unbeaten, but I knew he was good. You know, you can't. You can't uh, you can't knock him. He's he's Grand Prix level and he's one of the best in the world. There's no doubt about that. And uh, yeah, it'd be nice if he'd stay. Yeah, one of those situations as well. Now you're confident you've done enough that you you can defend a 12 point lead on on Thursday night. Sheffield think they've kept it within enough that they can overturn it. So uh, really nicely poised this grand final. Yeah, I thought right from the start I knew it was going to go down to the end. There's no question about that. It's Sheffield's a good team. Bellevue's a good team. I think it's probably one of the best finals we're going to see for a while. It's certainly set up for a grandstand finish, isn't it, on Thursday? And uh, can't wait to see how it pans out. What about the thoughts of the team manager then, Mark Lemon? Let's head into his office with Lee Wilde and get his thoughts. Mark, top performance from the boys tonight, even though there's some tough circumstances surrounding it. Yeah, they're rallying hard. Um, obviously, losing two riders in a you know, grand final is never ideal. Um, but they never lost their, their focus um, and rallied. Um, and, you know, to get, get a 12-point lead and uh, under sort of grueling conditions like that, you, you've got to be pleased. Yeah, double figures going into the away leg. That must give you confidence. We've not been the best at Sheffield this year, but we know these boys can pull it out of the bag. Yeah, sure, but, you know, we start fresh on uh, Thursday. Um, you know, in the playoffs, we've never had a 12-point advantage um, as such. So uh, we look forward to taking that to, to Sheffield. I mean, that... that the pressure's on them guys to perform as, as much as it is just to, uh, to hit that, you know, 40, 40 point mark. And, um, you know, it, it's game on. And an amazing atmosphere tonight, packed with fans from both sides, a great atmosphere, great for the sport. Yeah, it was a great spectacle. You know, there were spills. It uh, had a bit of everything, didn't it? Um, but, uh, you know, like, you know, the, this national uh, speedway circuit has just been, um, you know, puts out great races week in week out and um really clean and fast and like just to see as many crashes tonight i, I guess that just sort of you know shown how much it meant to the boys and the, how much the, the the stakes are at uh uh are, are, you know there so um yeah a few mistakes and you know maybe hopefully they're not costly but uh you know our, our thoughts are with uh joy Etheridge and, uh, and charles obviously they they look like they're probably going to be missing the, the the return leg how many, how many headaches does that give you for the following three days what do you do as a team manager uh, well, I now I have to go to the back to the drawing board and uh, look at my options um, and uh, yeah, regroup. But uh, there's not a lot, a whole bunch to do uh, can do. Um, but you know, the the team itself, they understand the pressure that's now being placed on them. And things sometimes when your back's against the walls, when you come out fighting. 
Yeah, and just quickly, great to have Max Frick here. Real show of support that an Indra Grand Prix rider rallies around the team like that. It's still part of the team. Well, he's, he is the team. You know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, he spent a lot of time here at Bellevue and, you know, he's a big part of his career. So um, it's, you know, obviously he's, he'd love to be out there racing and it's, it's never comfortable for any rider to, to watch from the sidelines. But no, he, he played his role uh, helping the boys and uh, giving them advice and, and you know, encouraging them. So, yeah, that was great to see him. Mark, thank you very much. Cheers. Mark Lemon, Bellevue team manager, suggesting the pressure is all on Sheffield as we head towards the second leg on Thursday. But does Simon Stead, the Sheffield team manager, agree with that? Let's find out. He's been talking with Ryan Guest. It's half time, all to play for. Um, Not a disaster by any stretch. I think we've been... um, I think we've been dealt a rough hand in a couple of heats. Um, But, you know, it's 12 12 points. Um, So... I think it uh, sets up the, the final round at, at Sheffield on Thursday really nicely. When you consider the, the dominant form Bellevue have been in around this National Speedway Stadium circuit this year, when you consider your number one scored two points, like you say, 12 points doesn't sound too disastrous, does it? No, it doesn't. And look, I, I don't want the focus to be on what, what Jack did or didn't score because he's been outstanding for us all season and his form at Sheffield has been unbelievable. So... Um, uh, if um, Jack will have a point to prove on, on Thursday uh, and if the rest of the lads can ride like they have done tonight then um, then we're in for a, a fantastic finish. So one thing we did see was the boys really, really dig in and, and battle really hard for some points along the way. Never gave up, you know, never gave up. They all tried hard, they all worked hard um, and that's all you can ask for them really. I, looking at the scorecard, I, can't, I kind of think we should be more than 39 points somewhere along the way but you know is what it is um, and like I said we know we know what we've got to do on Thursday now there's, there's, a, there's a chance for us to uh, to get back on top and that's what we want to do we want to be champions arguably the biggest night in Sheffield Speedway's history Bellevue fans are going to come along thinking they've got enough to hold on to Sheffield fans are going to be turning up thinking it's a, a deficit they can overturn so it really does promise to be one hell of a night yeah I hope so um, let's let's pack the place it'd be fantastic to see a full Olsen Stadium on Thursday um, and let's hope we can give our fans plenty more to shout about steady see you on Thursday thank you so there's Simon Stead, says it's all to play for. Is 12 points enough? Something that we will discuss with Jason Crump in the second part of this podcast very soon. First of all, though, let's hear from uh, another Aussie. It's Justin Sedgman, who had some important contributions to make for the Sheffield Tigers at reserve on Monday night. And Sedge has been having a chinwag with Ryan Guest. Yeah, obviously, um, it's, not a, it's not, a bad, not a bad little target. Um, Obviously, you know, uh, Kyle and uh, Jack had a bit of a tough night tonight. But, um, yeah, we beat them at home a few weeks ago by a fair, you know, more than 12 points. So it's definitely doable. And, um, yeah, I think the way we're all been riding, we, we all rode pretty good tonight. It's just, um, yeah, luck didn't really fall our way, really. But, you know, they're up against it now. They're missing probably two riders. So we'll see what we can do. And I think it's still all to play for. From your own personal uh, performance, seven plus one down at reserve, and really making some some gates to, to mix things up in those opening couple of bends and, and keep a couple of the Bellevue boys at bay as well. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't had any real good meetings at Bellevue this year. I've always liked the place and always done pretty decent here, but um, this year hasn't been real good. And um, you know, I've just made a couple of small little changes uh, just to make the bike a little bit better to ride around here, and uh, seem to have worked tonight. 
Yeah, and as you mentioned, going into Thursday, um, a job to be done. You know the task in hand and just got to keep uh, riding the way you have been at Tolerton, everyone. Yeah, I think if we um, all ride to our capabilities on um, Thursday and a little bit of luck falls our way, it's uh, definitely doable and um, hopefully we can definitely get the win at home, but, you know, it needs to be by a fair, fair amount. And just finally, obviously, you came into this uh, Sheffield team partway through the season. Do, do you feel you've you've certainly done your job, if not a, a little bit more as well, for, for the Tigers this year? Yeah, I would have liked to have done a little bit better at home for Sheffield. Obviously, had that guest book in there and started off like a house on fire. And, um, yeah, probably just the lack of meetings. We were a little bit delayed every now and then to to um, ride at home. And, um, yeah, it's uh, once we got a few consistent meetings under our belt, but, um, it's, you know, things have turned around a little bit and um, feel pretty comfortable around there now. Justin Sedgman of the Sheffield Tigers and uh, the two teams, Sheffield and Bellevue, now just 15 heats away from one of them lifting that Premiership title on Thursday night. But who will it be? Will it be Sheffield? Will it be Bellevue? 12 points separates them. You can be there in person. Tickets on sale at the Sheffield Speedway website, sheffield-speedway.com, to get all the information you need. Thursday, 7.30, and if you can't be there in person, then it is live on Eurosport 2 and Discovery Plus on Thursday nights. Don't miss it. It's set to be a cracker. Now, one man who has definitely lifted a few titles in his time. In fact, I've looked back on his history, and by my reckoning, he's won 80 different titles, both individual and team, including two British League titles, three World Championships, five British Grand Prix, even a Teesside Silver Helmet. Jason Crump, a Speedway legend, is joining us in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear, and we'll be with him in just a couple of moments. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome to No Breaks, No Fear, the official British Speedway podcast. I'm very pleased to say we have uh, a world champion. In fact, not just a world champion, a three-time world champion, Speedway legend, let's be honest. Jason Crump uh, joins me uh, on No Breaks, No Fear. Hi, Jason. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm great, thanks. And it's it's fantastic to, to get you on the podcast and get, get your thoughts. And especially at this point in the season where not only are we going to be talking quite a lot about a team that you've spent a lot of time riding for, but also a rider involved in that in Robert Lambert and, of course, a rider that you've been working closely with as well. So you have quite a few ties to this grand final that's at the time of recording this halfway through. Yeah, well, and, and throw in the fact that... Um Lemo and I grew up together and rode our motorbikes together just about every day of the week for a few years. Um, you know, and then Simon Stead and I were teammates at Bellevue and have a really good relationship as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of deeply involved without having anything to do with it. Yeah, you're firmly wrapped up in that. And people who are watching on TV or indeed at the stadium will have seen you there at the National Speedway Stadium on Monday night. It was a thrilling evening of, of racing, some fantastic heats of Speedway around the National Speedway Stadium, a few thrills and spills as well, and um, another maximum for Robert Lambert. So uh, certainly a memorable evening for, for anybody watching that uh, that meeting. Yeah, look, I thought it was a really good night for Speedway itself because... The meeting was pretty close, and even even at times when Bellevue stretched a little bit away, um, it, it never felt like the lead was 
unreversible by Sheffield. Um, great night of Speedway, and you can see what it meant to the riders because a few of them tried a little bit too hard a couple of times. And, um, you know, Bellevue is not a track that we normally see that many incidents at. And I think there was probably more there last night than in the in the season put together. So you can see what it means to the riders, a big crowd, a big stage, um, big meetings, and, and everybody's just pushing that little bit further. And, and a few came unstuck, unfortunately for them, but I, I don't think any serious injuries. No, it looks like um, Charles Wright's suffered concussion and obviously Jay Etheridge is going to be out as well now so it does leave Bellevue with a, with some question marks heading into Thursday and it's looking like rider replacement for, for Charles Wright and and a guest of some kind um, for, for Jay Etheridge so changes for for the second half of this meeting going over to Olerton on Thursday Yeah that's that's probably frustrating and disappointing for Lemo because Charles Charles and Kyle Howarth almost leveled themselves out as riders don't they um, mm-hmm. and having to go having to go through with um, rider replacement. It's never ideal starting big meetings off one man down. Um, you know, for example, what happened with Jai in his second ride, which meant Dawn had to end up taking seven rides. Charles is injured, and, and Bellevue can only track one rider in heat 14, which makes it difficult. But um, 12 points, yeah possibly be enough but when you look at Bellevue's history there this year um, Sheffield must be feeling confident still because I think I don't think Bellevue have hit 36 points at Sheffield have they this year? No No and it's uh, an, an uncharacteristically for Jack Holder getting a couple of points on a night like that you fancy that there's going to be a comeback from that because he wasn't off the pace. He, he was involved in some of the great races of the evening and lost out ultimately. But uh, you you fancy that that's a score he's going to be keen to settle and be fired up for on Thursday. Well, Jack Jack was a little bit unlucky. I mean, the, the first race he was having a, a good go around the outside and just didn't quite possibly just didn't quite manage to get in Louis Kerr's eyesight a couple of times off the corner um, uh, and and get around because really and truthfully the position he was in, he was probably almost there and and Louis just needed to see and be aware that it was his teammate there. Um, Once you get hit with the roost in heat one, that's pretty much game over, especially at uh, Bellevue. But Look, in his second ride, Jack was a bit unlucky there because there's a bit of a gap between the light, between the red stoplights. And if it's not your home track and you're not really aware of where the lights are, um, difficult to see. And he, he was, again, he was probably quite lucky to get away with that because he went pretty awkwardly into the fence there. And whether that unsettled him a bit or, or anything, um, you know, he may have, banged his wrist or shoulder and just not being quite right for the rest of the night. But you're right, um, he won't want to repeat that performance and will definitely be um, trying to fix that for Thursday for sure. 12 points is um, sort of a a funny marker really and, and I know that one or two team managers see 12 points as being the you know a decent threshold but it is... It is finely poised where Bellevue think well 12 points that's a decent lead to defend uh, but therefore also on the flip side Sheffield feel that 12 points is certainly 
a, a lead that they could rein in fairly quickly, three five ones, and it's all level. Obviously, it's not quite as easy as that, but you know, it, it is that it is that marker where there is a big question mark. Twelve points. If it was a bit more, you would fancy the balance would switch switch in in maybe Bellevue's favour. If they got a few more, a few less, you'd think well, Sheffield are easily going to catch them up. So it's going to be very interesting to see how things pan out on Thursday, isn't it? And sets it up for a a real grandstand finish to the to the season in Sheffield. Well, it, it's definitely twelve points is better than ten but not as good as 14. So whatever way you look at it, whenever you host the first leg at home and you and you get a win in, you always look at it and say, well, we should have had a couple more points here and a couple of more points there. But, but realistically, think all things considered, I think the Bellevue team can probably say they just about got the maximum they could get last night with what happened and the way the circumstances fell. So for... For Sheffield, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that Simon would be looking at it with his team saying the complete opposite that our number one had a had a an off night, um, you know, ended up on his ear and you know didn't quite settle the way Jack Holden normally would. So definitely both teams have got plenty to go for. I I, I think that yeah, you say three five ones it's not so easy to get when you got Kurt Zager and Lambert all going pretty decent. Um, not not out of the question, but but pretty difficult. But um, it'll definitely be worth watching, and I'll have the TV on on Thursday night to look at it. That's for sure. Obviously, a huge um, boost for for Bellevue getting Robert Lambert into their side, who's undefeated so far in Bellevue Colours um, yeah. in, in the last week. Um, obviously, he's got to go to, to, to Olderton now and, and see if he can carry it on there, but there's no reason why not. I mean, his form is absolutely incredible at the moment. Getting into the you know the, the top six in the world to, to get automatic qualification through to the, the Grand Prix series. He's had a great season in, um, in Poland and in Sweden as well. Um, and and now here on the verge of potentially claiming some silverware in in the British League too. I mean, he has really developed quite quite a lot over the last few years, and certainly since he was last performing in the league on, on these shores, and um, now a real world class rider. Well, he's been playing Big Boy Speedway for a couple of years, hasn't he? And, mm. um, it, it really shows in in his in his riding you know not not well, not only in his riding but in his preparation for riding in his performance in his decision making while whilst he's on the bike um he's he is one of the top riders in the world and um you know sometimes it's hard to hard to make anybody believe or understand that they're in the top group of riders and i, I went through a little bit of this with robert um you know, he had a he had a tough run in the middle of the season with a with a difficult day in Cardiff and a not a very successful um, Grand Prix challenge at Glasgow. And I tell you what, I take my hat off to him after that because I know I know the the mental state that he was in at that point, and he absolutely dug his heels in and has showed tremendous resilience to to come back from the emotional state he was in after those meetings. And, and I'm, I'm genuinely not surprised that he's doing what he's doing when he came back to England. He's, he's an English writer at the end of the day. He's an Englishman and he, he wants to perform well here. 
you know, be reminded, be, be rem, reminding the British fans of what he's capable of. And, um, you know, the, the Bellevue fans have taken him to their hearts because he's, he's obviously gone there and he's dominated both meetings he's been in so far and, uh, and helped the Aces to, to a couple of important victories. So, um, It'd be, it's going to be interesting again to see him go to Sheffield, which is another racy, you know, it's it's a racy track and it's somewhere that you go fast and, and let the bike go. And, and he's doing that really, really well at the moment. He's, he's riding superbly, actually, at the moment. And now, obviously, we, we're hearing stories that the, the restrictions are going to be altered between Poland and, and the other nations and... and, and Riders will be will have a a freer choice, uh, and uh, potentially the expense of a race race night um, in in this country, uh, if if Poland need it, uh, and they'll be able to call on them as and when that that is the case. But it is potentially going to free things up for Robert. Do you think that Robert would be, you know, having had a a great experience so far and unbeaten in in this country and seeing seeing that? Do you think firstly that Robert would like to do more of that going forward, and and do you think that that's going to open the door for for other riders to now be able to ride in Poland, in Sweden, or Denmark, and and here as well? Well, I I can't talk for Robert. I'm not involved in making contracts with him. I just give him some advice and opinions when when he asks. Um, but you know, looking looking at it from the outside, he's obviously come back to ride in in Britain for the end of the season. So. I'm presuming that he's he's looking at a longer term plan, but I'm not absolutely aware of what that is. Um, yes, I, I would like to think that it will will open it up, you know, for riders to want to come back to Britain. I, I think that this. Yeah, I've I've, all, I've been a fan of British Speedway for years, and and I'm not being hypocritical. Obviously, towards the end of my career, I stopped riding in England, but. That was that was not because I was restricted or or not because I didn't particularly want to. It was because I was I'd been doing twenty years of speedway four or five nights a week, and I physically couldn't physically and mentally I couldn't do that anymore. Um, and it suited me not to be in Britain at that time. But as it, as riders are developing their their techniques, I, I think that. Riders that have developed their techniques in in UK Speedway that they need to keep hold of that for as long as they can. Um, there was many, you know, many of the riders that were were world class. They stopped riding in England towards the end of their careers, but all of the training and development happens happened in British Speedway early on. And um, I still think that that when you have the opportunity to go and ride such different tracks a couple of times a week, whether you're riding at a tight Monmore Green Wolverhampton on a Monday night and then you go on the Thursday night to a big racy fast track like Sheffield, it's it's definitely worth doing it and it helps your technique and it helps you become a more rounded and better rider. Um, Polish Speedway is fantastic for what it is, but the tracks are all, I'm not going to say the same because they're all different, but they're all similar. That's the way to describe them. They're all bigger, biggish, um, faster tracks, and and the preparation of the tracks in Poland now is is so so good. It's it's crazy to look at it and see how well they 
make the tracks maybe a little boring to watch on TV sometimes, but from a rider's point of view, there's no surprises. There's no, you know, the, the, there's not, they're not rutty tracks. They're very predictable and, and nothing there that tends to catch you out very often. Yeah, sure. Um, and on the, on the flip side of that, you, you've also been involved in the youth development program within British Speedway, and 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 also the track days, I think, as well at at, um, at Bellevue on occasion. And what's the what's your assessment of Speedway in this country going forward? Because we've seen some exciting talent coming through, like Robert, like Dan Bewley, uh, Leon Flint, and we're seeing those now rising to the top slowly but surely. Tom Brennan, of course, being another one. Um, but that, that production line is is firmly on the go and, and there's much uh, much more depth to come over the next six, seven years or more. Yeah, well, that that's the aim of it because if you want to have depth in the next three to seven years the work needs to be starting you know need to start fight needed to start five years ago and the the program that you know the no limits program that's gone into the team gb academy the youth program that's in place it's 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 good and you know we we have a, a decent bunch of riders there you can never have too many riders because of course along the way uh when you start with 25 12 year olds by the time they get to 16 18 you don't have that 25 you need to you know you're going to lose a few along the way who find other things to do um so working on numbers is important and and maybe trying to steal a few um steal a few riders from other disciplines like motocross or grass track or trials or whatever we can get some riders in we need to get as many young kids in boys and girls as we can and we need to to try and furnish them with the opportunity to to start riding at a young age on on you know smaller bikes if necessary and and bring them along that way this this 50cc the like the peewee speedway that they have in Denmark it seems to be you know just about the most popular form of kids motorcycling in that country at the moment there's there's kids doing it just about every day of the week so we need to look at that and we need to be aware that, you know, if we want 20 new riders in, in 10 years' time, we need to be working with the eight, 10-year-olds right now to, to get them in, in the sport, starting off at a young age and hopefully learning the, the right things, to the, the right steps to take along the way. But, you know, so far the, the, youth, um, the youth program has definitely worked. There's been some tremendous backers behind it um you know from the word go and and guys like robert and dan tom leon drew um you know they're all they've all been in it for a while jordan palin's another one jason edwards who's jason's actually had a, a you know jason and jordan jenkins have actually probably had breakthrough years this year and and dan gilks was going very very well at the start of the year and got a a, a season-ending injury, unfortunately for him. But it's you know the the name the names are there. They're not up there in the highest levels of speedway yet, but they're working along. And and the uh, the rising star programs also help bring a couple of names forward. You know, guys like Connor Mountain, who who's held a team place at Sheffield all year, and you know it took Robert a lap and a half, two laps to get past him last night at Bellevue. So they're not. 
these guys are not hanging around and they're they're moving forward, which is which is really positive to see. Yeah, and and it's been interesting actually. With doing BSN, we've covered some um, matches in the last week in the National League, and interesting to see some riders there. Two riders making their British Speedway debuts in the league, and one was at Oxford, uh, Ashton Bowden, who's um, a motocrosser, as you were saying. I think um, a former. Certainly a British champion. I think he's, he's won something at the world level as well. And he went out in his first ride and won his first ride in League Speedway. Luke Harrison did the same at Berwick as well on, on Saturday night. So, you know, the talent is definitely there coming through. Yeah, we, we, there's, there's riders ready to move up to the next level. And, and guys like you're saying, Luke Harrison, Ace Piper, um, you know, Max Perry, they're... they're there's a few of them in there, Jody Scott. That there's a few, there's a few in there that have, you know, that are having their first races around now. And Ace has been in the in the national development team up there at Berwick all, all year. And you know, the, to see the progress they're making, I, I started working with these guys, these kids when they were on 250s, you know, and and to see the progress they're making and and where they're going and the skills they're picking up, it's it's, it's pretty cool. And you know, hopefully we can we can get them moving along um, as a, as our next bunch of kind of under twenty one riders, and and we also need to remember that we need to replace those boys on the two fifties as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, on the other side of the fence, though, as as you now uh, as you now lurk in, in Speedway stadiums, you, you've had this full season of being a uh, a team manager um, at, at Oxford. And, and tell us about that, because obviously it was great to get Oxford back into Speedway first and foremost. And what a terrific advert they've been for the sport as a team um, going there, either in the Championship or the National League, bringing in big crowds. The enthusiasm there is back. The stadium always so well presented um a welcoming atmosphere real family atmosphere i think from when i've been down to oxford this season and um you know maybe he's uh looking for uh, for bigger things for for next season yeah well it's 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 been a fantastic job by by jamie and his team there that's for sure unfortunately for me my my commitments away from speedway haven't really allowed me to fulfill everything that we wanted to do at Oxford but um, it, you know whilst I was there and, and able to attend the meetings it was it was enjoyable and um, great to see that a club can come back into the sport and and not only maintain but build on the supporter base that it has and you know it's we all know that the, the National Development League, the NDL, doesn't attract huge numbers, but Oxford have been able to attract people in there to watch that as well, which has been, you know, for the for the guys riding in the meetings, it's been really, really encouraging for them to turn up and at an event and actually recognise that there's a crowd in there. So um, it's it's been a huge effort, you know, what what Jamie undertook to to get that off the ground and and look what. What Scott and Jamie do at Berwick is fantastic. They've got their they've got their own little training track set up up there with Grant Henderson at Duns, and they're doing a, a a great little job up there with with what they do. And they have a couple of bikes up there for for people for for young people not involved in speedway to come and try stuff out. And they've got a they've got a nice little production line going there with with a few kids coming into the Duns training centre 
moving on into the Bullets team and, and moving forward. And I'm sure that um, in the near future, Jamie's probably got similar sort of plans to do something at Oxford, knowing how he thinks. Yeah, and with the crowds, I think for the for the National Development League at Oxford are outstanding. I think they they got what eight hundred or more. I think last week and midweek, and you know that's a decent crowd for for some clubs in the Championship. I would say, and probably there's probably been smaller crowds in the in the Premiership in, in some weeks. And he, and and obviously more than that for the Championship, it's sort of been what fifteen hundred, two thousand in in the in the early weeks, wasn't it? And and they sort of generally maintained that throughout. Yeah, well that. They're, they're drawing from a large area that's deprived of speedway, aren't they? Because if you look at, if you look, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we had in in that sort of little pocket of the country there, you had Reading, Swindon, Oxford, Coventry's not so far away. Um, you know, you had Somer- going a little further away, you had Somerset and Exeter. And um, apart from Plymouth, it's, you know, deprived of speedway there aren't they mm-hmm. so they've they've drawn you know to, to the way the way it looks to me is they're drawing some spectators not only from oxford but from a few of those other places as well and um that's that's what we need to happen we need oxford to not only to survive but to flourish and we need other tracks to do the same because ultimately what brings the demise of a speedway club is when there's not enough people going to watch it. And, um, you know, that it's a, it's a sad state that, that some of the clubs have found themselves in, you know, Newcastle this year, what, what happened there was, you know, I I feel for all those people up there. I've I've raced at Newcastle in the early nineties and I went back and raced there last year. And, um, it's, disappointing and upsetting when you see so many people that you know love going to their speedway there on a Sunday and then that gets taken away from them and you know it's it's going to be um it's going to be an interesting one to see what unfolds with the Edinburgh situation as well moving forward they've got their farewell to Armadale meeting coming up obviously we, we hope it's not a farewell to, to Armadale and certainly not a farewell to Edinburgh Speedway because such a huge part of the sport um Jason, it's been great speaking with you, and thanks for spending the time with us today and and talking all about Speedway. I'm, we could we, we could speak for hours, I'm sure, but uh, maybe we'll have to do we'll carry this conversation on at some other point. But um, it's been great um, great speaking with you, and uh, well done for everything you've achieved this season, both with um, with Oxford and you know getting the team there up and running and launching a new side, and and also the work with Robert as well. It's it's certainly been a busy year for you, I know, on and off the track. Yeah, it's it's fun, you know. Speedway's a a sport that when it gets into your system, it it tends to stay there, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Certainly does. And we see we're seeing now uh, riders like Rory Schlein, who retired, of course, and his his videos of uh, of him on online now uh, getting his bike back out, and that bug's coming back there, isn't it? <laughs> well, he's you know he he's not too old to be a speedway rider, that's for sure, and. Um, you know, hats off to him. Rory's been a solid professional for years and years, and and if he if he decides that it's something that he wants to continue doing or or try to do, and he has my full support because at the end of the day, I you know I stopped riding and I was I was quite happy that I'd stopped riding for a few years, and then you start to do a few meetings in Aussie, and then things you know it it, it doesn't leave you. It's just a shame mm. that. You get older and you can't do it like you used to. 
yeah, time marches on, but you can still be involved and uh, and find different ways to be involved too. And um, that's exactly what you're doing. But fantastic to speak to you, Jason. Thanks a lot once again and, uh, and really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you. There's Jason Crump, a Speedway legend, joining us on No Breaks, No Fear. And just look down his... Uh, just go on his Wikipedia page and just see just how much he's won. There's nothing I don't think he hasn't won. And usually I think he's won stuff multiple times as well. It's it's frightening and certainly an inspiration for any young rider of, of what you can achieve in the sport as well. And uh, great to hear from Jason on No Breaks, No Fear. And I hope you enjoyed that chat as well. Coming up then in the last part of No Breaks, No Fear, we're moving our attention onto the championship. The knockout cup is on the go there between Red Car and the Pool Pirates. And Pool certainly got first blood in the first meeting at the Echo Arena. It's all back to Pool Stadium on Wednesday night. We'll hear from Charles Wright speaking last week, of course, before his incident on Monday at Bellevue. And we'll hear from the Pool promoter Danny Ford on the prospects of more silverware heading to the south coast in the next part of No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Welcome back. Don't forget to like and subscribe to No Breaks, No Fear so you don't miss any of the future episodes. There's still a few more weeks of the Speedway season to go and we'll be with you right until the end of October here on the show. And uh, if you've made it this far through the podcast, you must be pretty keen on it. So thank you for making it this far. But why not leave us a review as well on whichever app you use? Um, But uh, reviews all uh, help other people find the podcast as well try and make it a five-star one i mean we'll really love you forever if you can do that because a five-star podcast is magnifique and uh that will be great so just drop us a quick review on there and a rating even if you don't leave a review you can give you a star rating uh and um and that helps other speedway fans eventually find it believe it or not so uh yeah if you can do that that'd be great while you continue your listening and right now we're going to talk about the championship because there's been lots going on in the Knockout Cup. Of course, Poole are still fighting on all fronts for silverware and they took control of the Championship Knockout Cup final with a 48-41 win at Redcar in Friday's first leg. And the Pirates led throughout the contest after a 5-1 in Heat 1 from Ben Cook and Danny King and, uh, as always, maintained an advantage despite a number of falls later on in the meeting, including for King in Heat 15. Cook kept up his outstanding form with 13 plus 1 from 5 rides. Brother Zach took extra rides at reserve to finish with 11 plus 3. And the Bears skipper Charles Wright scored 14 only missing out on a maximum to Ben Cook in the final race and he produced the ride of the night to go from 3rd to 1st in Heat 9 passing Richard Lawson on the line. Well we'll hear from Charles Wright in just a couple of moments but first pool co-promoter Danny Ford speaking to Ryan Nassau. Great result for the Pirates really coming into some strong, strong form at this stage of the season. Yeah, I said at the start of the night we were going to win it tonight and you laughed at me. Yes, you did, yes. Well, <laughs> no. I was hoping not. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, um, as I said at the start of the night, the boys love this track. You know, I think most riders do and yeah. um, based on the performance earlier in the year, um, I yeah. was full of confidence, you know. Um, both, both, both Cook brothers, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, they're both really coming to form at the minute, you know, and it, when someone has an off night, it's great having the option to bring Zach in yeah. reserve um, and putting Ben in Heat 15, you know, shows yeah. the confidence we got in them. Um, yeah, both absolutely flying. It's, it's yeah, we've hit a purple patch of form. Mm. We've got to, you know, see it out a couple more weeks and um, hopefully bring him some silverware. And 
they, many fans will be asking about the Jubilee League. Is, uh, is, is that still going ahead? Yeah, our full intention is still to get on ahead. We're just working on dates. Um, you know, I, I know Glasgow might not be overly keen on doing it, but um, as far as us and Leicester are concerned, we're getting that done. Just trying to, you know, we're, we're mindful that it is getting uh, towards the end of the season and there's not many dates left. But, um, you know, we just want to make sure that this next week or so goes smoothly. We yeah. can get this KO Cup out of the way, and then um, it's you know up, up to us and Leicester to fit in the um, the final couple of fixtures. In hindsight, was it better to just go with that one meeting at Sheffield? <sighs> I mean, you know, um, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, probably would have been, but I don't know. I think that could have been a massive risk, and we'd all lose a lot of money, mm. which you know, in speedway you can't afford to do, and yeah. you need to be sensible businessmen. Um, you know, ultimately we haven't all got millions of pounds in the bank, so um, it it might have been um, a great evening of racing, and I had no doubt that um, it would have been. But financially, it needs to make sense for the clubs, um, which is why we've decided to do it over three legs. So yeah, just hoping we can fit those in now, um, and hopefully I'm using that very very soon. And the sh- um, not Sheffield, Pool looking very strong tonight. Really confident of the second leg. I'm assuming a word on the Bears tonight because there was a little bit of bad luck in there. Yeah, they did have their fair share of bad luck, you know. Um, strange. I, I thought, yeah, I, I, you know, things could have been slightly different had luck been going their way. But I think, um, you know, their heads dropped a little bit and um, ours haven't dropped for a while. Um, we've really come together as a, a unit and I think that's really important when, you know, um, you are having bad luck to have the character in your team to bounce back. Well, when, as you know, we've had quite a few comebacks here, but unfortunately <laughs> for us, Poole and Scunthorpe. So... It was unfortunate for us, but congratulations to Pulu with a better side in the night. We'll just have to turn it around the second leg. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> man. Cheers. Yeah, it's going to be a tricky old task, but, you know, it's a seven-point lead that Poole have, so they're not completely out of sight. It's not a 30-point job or anything like that. You never know in Speedway, and uh, it's certainly not an insurmountable uh, margin, but um, Poole have been fairly formidable on their home circuit throughout uh, much of the season, of course. Just that one blip against um, Plymouth that time but um, it's going to be very hard for Redcar and they'll be without Charles Wright of course for the rematch. Kai Thompson of Edinburgh will be stepping in to fill in for Charles in that meeting on Wednesday night and we'll have all the reaction uh, from Pool Stadium because of course uh, one of the sides, either Pool or Redcar, will be lifting some silverware on Wednesday night. Now, let's hear from Charles Wright himself. And uh, we've got a chat with Charles, uh, a new reporter to introduce to you. This is Sophie Swales, who's the daughter of Jamie Swales, the Red Car co-promoter. And you know what? She, she's got some answers out of Charles that uh, seasons reporters would, would fail to get. And uh, here we are. How do you feel about how many points he's got this meeting? Oh, it was a good night, personally, for myself. Uh, disappointing to be down in the first leg. Going into second, as we know how strong pull are around the home track, but you know, uh, we'll give it our all and go out fighting. Like, what was the atmosphere between the team in the pits? Good question. Uh, I think the comeback, it was a bit high, and then as soon as they got a couple of five ones, uh, the team sort of dropped the heads a little bit, and we had a few mechanical problems in the team, and uh, it's very hard to get back. Especially against such a good side. Yeah, since a good side, which, you know, they're very tough, like the Cup boys are the key for them, and they're both firing tonight. Like, I think uh, Ben only dropped one one point tonight, so uh, I think that was the difference in the, in the two teams tonight. Are you feeling confident going to pull next Wednesday? She's good, isn't she? 
I am personally myself, uh, but you know, get the rest of the boys fired up and you know, give it a good go. But you know, it's not over yet. We're only down by seven points, so it only takes five, one, and four, two, and we're back in. It's all square. So yeah, it's they've not got a massive lead going down there, but we know how good they are around there as well. Great stuff from Sophie Swales, daughter of Jamie Swales, uh, Red Car co-promoter, chatting to Charles Wright and getting getting some serious answers there out of Charles. So it's uh, good stuff. And best wishes to Charles as well as he uh, recovers from that concussion he received on Monday. And as I say, the uh, next leg of that is on Wednesday. You might be listening to this after the event uh, and you'll know by that point whether it was Poole or Red Car that lifted the uh, knockout cup in the championship on Wednesday night. Now, uh, let's go to the National Development League because it's all happening there in their uh, playoffs in the semi-finals. Leicester have qualified for the National Development League Grand Final with a 12-point aggregate win over Oxford. The Lion Cubs defeating the Chargers 52-38 at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena with Dan Thompson scoring 14 plus 1, a paid maximum to complete an unbeaten performance across both legs of the tie. Twin brother Joe added 13 plus 1, while Henry Atkins scored 11 plus 1 for the visitors and youngster Ashton Bowden impressed again with 9, having scored I think 7 plus 1 on his league debut last Wednesday night now uh, elsewhere um, Berwick edged to a 46-43 win over Mildenhall in the first leg of their National Development League playoff semi-final at Shieldfield Park after an incident packed meeting this really did have everything this meeting Uh, the Bullets led by 12 points after 10 races but the Fen Tigers roared back to take the next three heats by a 15-2 margin as both home riders were disqualified from Heat 13 and they were disqualified from Heat 13 that was after Kyle Bickley had touched the tapes and gone off a 15 metre handicap and then when it was down to just the two riders being left one of the remaining two riders fell off and had to push his bike pretty much the entire way around the final lap and it's a long way around Berwick and uh, in the end it was just a narrow three point lead over Mildenhall to take back to West Row on Sunday evening well let's hear the thoughts now of the Berwick Bullets team manager Kevin Little had a chat with him after the match at Shieldfield Park well it's a lead Um, obviously things went against us the last few heats and um, as I say we were 12 up and looking quite comfortable to be honest um, but one or two things happen and um, at the end of the day that's racing um, and at this level things like that can happen um, and you can't fault our boys for the effort and also the Mildenhall boys as well they all gave 100% you know uh, um, it means a lot to both sides so they were giving it everything and um, little things can go wrong um, but the boys were trying really hard as far as things go, have you seen have you seen anything like Heat 13? It seems to have like everything Speedway can throw at you in, in one heat, didn't yeah, it? We had a, yeah, an exclusion yeah, yeah. for Carl Bickley. Yeah, that's it. Well, obviously, like well, Greg had packed up on the, on the on the start, so he was not under power, and then Kyle crashed. Um, an unbelievable, spectacular crash. He was lucky to get up from it, but he is. He's all right. Um, and then the rerun, uh, Jack Kingston fell off, and um, and he pushed home for a for. A, there's not many times you push home for a paid win. I know. <laughs> Especially around this track. I exactly, think if it yeah. had fallen off at, at Millenall, it would have been a different prospect. Could have been doing three laps around there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Now, fair play to the boy. He was, uh, he was pretty knackered at the end. It's a long way around. 
You were hoping for a double-figure lead at least, obviously yeah. as many as you could get. You, yeah. you had that 12 points and then it all yeah. sort of went wrong. So what's the plan now then? Ah, let's see how the week goes, you know. I mean, it ended up just saying there before the end of the night, a lot of the lads have had a good meeting. Luke's not, not, not been out of form, but he's been trying to find form and he's only dropped a point tonight. So that's a big, big positive. So he's going, Mason's riding really well. Um, Ace has had a great night as well. He came back from a, a nasty crash at Milton Hall. Um, the other week, so and um, before he's crashed, Kyle was looking good too. So well, I don't think we've got too much to worry about. We just had a lot of incidents and bad luck, and um, you know, Greg's chose to, not chose tonight, but his bad night has came tonight. Um, it could have been at any point in the season. That's just that's just racing that happens. So um, I think we'll be okay. And in the other half of the draw, um, if you know or not at this point, but uh, Leicester have got through, so they await whoever you face. They will. will gets through to the, to the final without yourselves or or, um, or Mildenhall and you know they, they've, they've been strong all the way through so they're through to the final in, in two leagues now yeah not unexpected I think for Leicester to make the final they've, as you say they've been strong all season um, they've got the best top two in the league um, and, uh, and they've got they, another paid maximum tonight did uh, Dan Thompson so. exactly yeah. and, uh, and they get good backup from Connor Coles so with a top three like that um, they're always going to do well um, so We'll see who meets them in the final. But uh, we were at Leicester last week, and um, we did all right, really. You know, again, we were in the hunt till maybe three or four races out and um, let it slip a little bit. But um, that's what we're here for, to learn these things um, and try not let it happen again. And overall, the bullet season as, as it goes, so it's your assessment. It's been a decent, decent year overall. Yeah, it's been good. We've been fortunate enough to keep the same seven guys all season. Um, so there's progression there all the time. We've seen them from the start of the year. We had a good win at Armadale our first night, and um, we come second or third in the league. We made the playoffs. That was kind of the target to get to anyway. So um, for all the boys, they've all progressed, um, and really that's what it's all about, you know, um, is for them to, to learn to ride the bikes and enjoy themselves. Um, and you've had good progression from, from Berwick over the years. You know, like Leon yeah. Flint, obviously, as an example. Carl Bickley's still riding with you, and they've all, all developed... Quite a lot over I the guess years. That's what we're looking for, you know, is another rider to come through the through the bullets and into the bandits at the end of the day. But um, um, out of these guys, there might be one for next year. There might be two. Um, I don't know, but that you know, there's a master plan in place. And um, but over this season, they've done really well. You know, to make the playoffs with the same seven guys, we've, we haven't changed or brought anybody in or you know brought a. Uh, what an ex Premier League rider in to, to you know to shore things up and do things like that. It's been the same seven boys all year, and we're we're pretty proud of what they've done. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Well done for tonight. Anyway, a close run thing, but you kept that unbeaten run at home intact as yeah, well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, well, there you go. That's a great. <laughs> it's looking thing, close. It? Yeah, it was very close at towards <laughs> the end, but you know, um, I suppose you know, like, and then another like strange things like that. the Heat 15 got awarded after two laps. You know, and uh, Luke had gone through the card up to that point, so a rerun, anything could have happened. Um, for all it was Jason Edwards, but who knows? So, um, see what happens next week, shall we? Kevin Little, team manager of the Berwick Bullets. And uh, also, I didn't put two and two together. It was the same Kevin Little, but it is the same Kevin Little that was a rider for Bradford in 1992 in the same team as Kelvin Tatum and Gary Havelock and Simon Wigg. 
Uh, what an era that was. And he also rode for Edinburgh as well. So uh, he's now um, guiding through the next generation of stars in the Berwick Bullets. And what a good team they've got as well. But three points. Is that going to be enough against Mildenhall at West Row? We'll find out. That's going to be on Sunday. Um, the rest of the fixtures for this week then looking like this. On Wednesday, there is just only big fixtures left, really. Wednesday, Championship Knockout Cup second leg in the final of that um, the Pool Pirates have that seven point lead and uh, will that be enough for them or will the Red Car Bears fight back uh, Pool versus Red Car uh, there will be silverware handed out after that one at Pool Stadium on Wednesday night Thursday more silverware on the line all eyes on Ollerton Stadium for the second leg of the Premiership Grand Final a 12 point lead for the Bellevue Aces but they've got to travel to Ollerton Sheffield Tigers versus Bellevue Aces 7.30 the start time that's live on Eurosport 2 as well if you can't be there in person and then the next fixture will be on Saturday and it's up at Armadale where it is the farewell to Armadale Scottish Open Championship at Edinburgh 6.30 the start time at Armadale and what a cracking lineup they've put together for this uh, a tremendous field led by none other than the current British champion and Grand Prix star Dan Bewley will be contesting that um, other riders involved include Josh Pickering Justin Sedgman Chris Harris Leon Flint Theo Piper Lassa Fredrickson Jacob Hook Sam Masters Craig Cook Richie Worrell Kai Thompson Richard Lawson Aaron Summers James Sargent Max Clegg so uh, that is the lineup for that meeting, and uh, you're certainly going to get your value out of that one, of course. Go down there and uh, check it out and uh, see how that pans out. But of course, if you can't be there in person, uh, Edinburgh will have their own live stream available for that one as well. Uh, and then on uh, also on Saturday, we've got uh, Leicester Lion Cubs versus the Mildenhall Fen Tigers, and that's the National Development League Knockout Cup final first leg. And then on Sunday, it's the National Development League playoff semi-final second leg, the one we're just talking about. Uh, Mildenhall Fen Tigers versus the Berwick Bullets, and that gets underway at West Row at 3 o'clock. Monday, we're back to action in the Premiership, where it's Kingsland Stars versus the Sheffield Tigers, the first leg of the the Premiership League Cup final and at Monmore there's action where it's the Ladbrokes Olympique at Wolverhampton a 7.30 start time for that and a, a unique format of course like a handicap format involved in that one as well so something a bit different there and then we've got um, a bit of a break of course we'll be back next Wednesday with the next episode but looking further ahead Sheffield Tigers versus Kingsland Stars League Cup Final second leg at Olerton next Thursday. That's the 20th of October, 7.30. And then a week Friday, it's the Teesside Silver Helmet at Redcar. And, of course, it's the Championship Grand Final. The first leg next Friday, October 21st at Poole. Poole versus Leicester. And then the return at the Paul Chapman and Sons Arena where the Leicester Lions take on the Poole Pirates as they bid goodbye to the championship. And will it be with a league title or not? Find out next week, uh, next Friday and Saturday, 21st and 22nd, when the championship is going to get resolved. And that uh, brings us to a close for this week. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks to everyone who's contributed to the podcast as ever, and not least to uh, Ryan Guest for managing to uh, rustle up Jason Crump for us at short notice. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that chat uh, with the uh, 
the former three-time world champion on the show this week. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, whatever you're watching your Speedway, enjoy it. And we'll be back next Wednesday with all the reaction on No Breaks, No Fear. No Breaks, No Fear. The official British Speedway podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.